0: Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? thelastsymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often there are also a few modest paid resources at thelastsymptom.com these support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has these include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, The Last Symptom Fundamentals Course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel, where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of 5 or 10 minutes in length, If you are just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders, such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. I hope you enjoy. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy.
1: He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares, and by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is your host, Brian Barnett. What a crazy week it's been. Of course, I'm especially thinking about the folks out there in North Carolina, South Carolina today. I hope everybody on the coast stays safe while category two, Hurricane Florence, comes ashore. And once again, I'm sick. So uh, you're just gonna have to bear with me while we get through this. You know, uh, I have worked in schools, I've worked in hospitals, and uh, nothing comes close to being a father. (laughs) My daughter has the ability to uh, transfer her germs better than the entire hospital environment and the entire school environment. So that's why uh, I end up sick every Thursday. But anyway, Let's talk about this hurricane for a minute. Category two, Hurricane Florence is coming ashore in the Carolinas. In 2004, I was stuck on an island in Florida and I took a direct hit by Hurricane Gene, listed as one of the deadliest Atlantic hurricanes ever. I'm happy to be able to tell the story nowadays, but these things aren't for certain, you know. Nobody who chooses to stay gets to decide for themselves whether or not they're going to be one of the people who get to tell the story. For hurricane spurns a tornado, or fallen tree, or flying projectile, or the ocean washes your condo away—that's uh, that's entirely out of your hands. So that's why hurricanes are dangerous; they're just so unpredictable. So I hope everybody out there in the Carolinas has uh, taken heed of the warnings and have uh, gone inland. Because I've got this cold, uh, I'm drinking a, a hot toddy here while I record this. Minus the T. You know, this could get interesting. Let's see, what else has been going on this week? Well, on Saturday night, I got some threatening text messages with some ominous, ambiguous threats. Here's what the text message says. I know who you are, but you may not know me. I'm going to advise you that if you don't quit doing this thing that he doesn't like, life will become very complicated for you. Please understand that I have many contacts. I suggest that you start conducting yourself in a professional manner. I am a professional. Think about how I got this number and I will give you the opportunity to self-correct. So when uh, I respond to him, basically telling him to get lost, he replies this way. You have some serious issues now, pal. Just in the way you're talking to me, You have some serious issues. So he's implying again that he's going to hurt me one way or another. So I filed a police report. I talked to a lawyer. And uh, would you believe this? The message comes from a 36-year-old guy who's a licensed therapist in the professional community, in the mental health community in Missouri. I have all his info right here. I've got his, his phone numbers, the town where he lives, where he works currently, the high school he graduated from, everything. Do you know how he got my number? Probably from a client. So one of his clients has a hair in her biscuit because of me, and maybe she's somebody I spoke to that I later had to ban from our group or whatever. And she goes for her counseling session with him and complains about me in what is supposed to be this professional private setting where this idiot is her personal, professional You know, I say that in air quotes. Professional therapist. And this guy decides he's going to play her hero. This is going to be his big hero moment. So the guy who's breaking every code of ethics in the book then sends me, just a regular guy who has no connections at all in the professional community and that he has never met or spoken to before in his life, this guy sends me threatening messages wanting me to be professional of all things. It just boggles the mind. If we were going to sit down and start counting the ethics violations here one by one, we'd be here all day. So, I want this person to know that everybody who needs to know knows who he is and that I'm doing him a great favor. Buddy, I'm doing you a great favor by chalking this all up to a temporary lapse of good judgment. I could have his professional career end pretty quickly. I could sue the pants off of him. But I'm not going to do any of that because I'm not vindictive. What I want is for him to understand... What an idiotic stupid thing he did to own his idiotic stupid mistake like a man and then never ever threaten anybody again because if he does the consequences will be swift this person's a father and I'm a father and our kids look to be roughly the same age also he's something of a redneck does some hunting served in the military I'm a hillbilly my family are all hunters and vets and I feel like our cultural backgrounds are similar so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and if he's gotten the message then that's good enough for me. I don't want to cause any more trouble for anybody than is necessary for what amounts to just a really dumb idiotic decision on a Saturday night after he got too many drinks in him. So that was a little bit of the excitement on my starting my week off and uh, you know as if I didn't already have enough complaints against the professional community then this guy who is the professional community sends me this gift. Uh, wrapped in holiday paper and with a big bow on top. So, uh, anyway, I just uh, I don't want that to happen anymore. It wasn't a it wasn't a pleasant thing for me to experience, and it was completely unnecessary. Would you say that this person is uh, emotionally healthy or emotionally unhealthy? I'm I'm gonna go with the second one. And then he you know he goes into his office and sits down and he counsels other people on emotional health. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just. uh You know, you think, you start to think every once in a while that maybe I'm exaggerating the things I say about how uh, incompetent some of the people in the professional community are, and then, you know, something like this falls on your lap and you realize you're barely scratching the surface. So what I thought we'd talk about today, besides just the, uh, all the excitement going on this week, is uh, recently in our group, I got a message that wasn't addressed specifically me. It was, it was kind of addressed to me, and it was addressed to everybody. <clears throat> the, uh, the point of the post was that uh, this person feels like every single thing that uh, he does is motivated by a desire for people to like him, and uh, he was feeling like maybe this wasn't such a great thing so he asked me to comment on it and I did and uh, as I got to commenting on it it went on and on and on and I realized that I was expressing some pretty good things here that uh, I hadn't written in any of my articles or anything like that so I'm going to share them here so first of all I apologize to him for taking so long because uh, I just couldn't get back I just couldn't get the time to sit down and really give his post the attention it deserved but What I wanted him to do was ask himself two things. First of all, is the motivation unhealthy? You know, that's the question everybody should ask themselves. Anytime they feel like, I need to fix this. You know, you always think, uh, you always focus on an aspect of yourself and you think, I got to fix this. Well, do you? Do you have to fix that? The way to find out the answer to that question is to first ask yourself, is it unhealthy? And if you come to the conclusion it is unhealthy, you need to ask yourself why is it unhealthy? Is it unhealthy and why is it unhealthy? You see, if it's not unhealthy, you've got nothing to fix. If you think it's unhealthy, but then you ask yourself why is it unhealthy, and you can't come up with a good reason why it's unhealthy, you've got nothing to fix. But here's something about this particular aspect of what he was concerned about. Wanting everybody to like you and being motivated by that. The truth is that everybody wants to be admired and loved. And healthy people recognize that they need to be admired and loved. And they accept this. I mean, it's a part of how they go about their life. With the acceptance that, hey, I need to be admired and loved. And I want to be admired and loved. Even people who do not know that they want to be admired and loved want to be admired and loved. The most hardened, despicable people who've ever lived, they also wanted to be admired and loved. It's just how we're made. Now, we have to consider the other aspect of this. As with all things involved with a disorder, it's not the thing itself which can be classified as healthy or unhealthy. Rather, it's the reason behind that thing. So needing to be admired and loved, and even being motivated by that desire is not in itself an unhealthy thing. However, if the reasons behind that need are that you are unable to generate your own inner validation, which is just another way of saying love for yourself, well then yes, that is a real problem. You see, emotionally healthy people are able to generate their own inner validation. And you hear this talked about as learning to love yourself but it really means generating your own inner validation it means that you are perfectly content with yourself within yourself you don't need any external thing to make you feel worthy because this is something you already know is an inherent truth about yourself when you realize that the inherent nature of people of all people yourself included Is that you are inherently valuable, then your sense of worth isn't dependent on external things. Not only is it not dependent on external things, but external things are incapable of taking that away from you. Nobody can tease you, uh, make jokes about you, or beat you down and take away what you inherently know is true about yourself. So the person who feels like, or who knows, that they are inherently valuable, that they have inherent worth, can endure all those things and walk away feeling as secure as they did when they walked into that abuse. So as always, inherent is a really important word. It means the natural state, the natural quality of something. For example, hot is an inherent quality of fire. So when you say, fire is inherently hot, It means those two things are inseparable. You're never going to encounter fire anywhere that's cold. (laughs) No, because hot is an inherent part of what makes fire, fire. That descriptive term isn't dependent on circumstances or the particular fire, no. Fire is hot, no matter what. So people have inherent worth, all people do. We live in a world where we sometimes led to believe that your worth is dependent on how much money you, you make or your life's accomplishments or uh, your physique or your looks, your IQ, and all of that is, pardon the expression, bullshit. It's just all phony. Your inherent value is a universal truth, and this is independent of any influencing factors whatsoever. So to prove this, let's take a, into consideration a few Different types of people and their beliefs, and religion is going to factor in here, and uh, as well as the atheist viewpoint. If you believe in God or a greater power in general, then you inherently have tremendous worth because God created you unique among all of his other creations in his image. And this doesn't mean in his physical image because God isn't a physical being, he's a spirit being. In his image, in the sense that among all of his creations, we're the only beings which share his ability to reason, to contemplate, to feel things profoundly, to plan for our future, as well as to uh, ruminate on the past. You know, only we have a conscience. Turtles are incapable of contemplating their futures, uh, or ruminating about their past, or feeling things like guilt, or principled love. And just as importantly, all creatures, apart from mankind, are incapable of coming anywhere close to expressing such concepts. Think of a bird or a monkey trying to appreciate a complex work of art or trying to find deeper meaning in a piece of Mozart music and then expressing his appreciation of it to another bird or monkey. As a linguist I find it interesting that of all the world's diversity only humans can communicate complex ideas and feelings. For example, notice this excerpt from the book uh, The Power of Babel by John McWhorter. Uh, this is not a religious book, this is a, uh, a linguistics book, and uh, in fact I think the author subscribes to the idea of uh, atheism. But anyway, <clears throat> his point here is, uh, this is the excerpt from the book. He says, human beings are not limited to talking about exactly where honey is, to warning each other that something is coming to try to eat us. Neither beets, Chimps, parrots, nor dogs could produce or perceive a sentence such as, Did you know that there are squid 50 feet and longer in the deep sea? They have only been seen as corpses washed up on the beaches. Because animals can only communicate about things either in the immediate environment or a small set of things genetically programmed. The honey is over there. Banana! they could not tell each other about a giant squid even if they had seen one nor could they talk about corpses even if they had seen plenty then there's the specificity for which human language is designed no animal could specify that the giant squid had been seen in the past rather than being seen right now nor could they communicate the concept of knowing such as did you know Think about that. It's not that they're able to process these complex thoughts, but then can't express them. No, they're incapable of expressing them because they're incapable of processing them, of understanding them, and valuing them. No other creature is capable of observing, valuing, and expressing profound inner thoughts and feelings like you are. If you're specifically a Christian, you believe God gave His only Son to redeem you from sin. Yeah, He could have just erased everything and started over there in the Garden of Eden, but he didn't do this. While adhering to his perfect sense of justice, he instead made arrangements for his son to voluntarily serve as a ransom. Now bear in mind that this was a great sacrifice to God Himself, and if you're a parent, You can imagine a measure of the pain that God felt and endured by watching while his son was tortured and murdered without stepping in to stop it. And why did he allow this? If you're a Christian, you know it was for you, for me, and for everybody. And why? Because you have great inherent value. If you're an atheist, scientists claim that the human brain is the most complex thing in all of reality that nothing else even comes close. Think about that for a moment. Nothing in all the universe, as complex as the universe is on both a macro and micro scale, as complex a thing as the functioning of your eyeball is, for example, or let's say the processes involved with a galaxy being formed, or of the unimaginable complexity of the biodiversity of a forest, how all these life forms are interconnected and dependent on another, Nothing, nothing anywhere comes close to the complexity of what is going on in your head. Now you throw on top of this concepts of everything that had to randomly fall into place for you to exist. I don't subscribe to the idea, but I'm trying to be inclusive of the atheist viewpoint here. People who believe that everything just randomly fell into place for you to exist at all, the complexity of that, you begin to see the broader, more realistic picture of just how rare you are. And what happens when something's rare? The greater its rarity, the greater its value. That's just the way it is. The greater its rarity, the greater its value. Now on top of this, consider there's never been another you in all of time. There never will be another you in all of time with your complex brain, which is the most complex thing in all the universe, nor with your specific feelings or thoughts or life experience or reasoning that no other life forms except for human beings are capable of. And though in general these things are an extreme rarity, your specific example of these things is a combination which has never existed before and will never be repeated you are inherently very valuable. You are very valuable independent of any external factors. So your next job is to work to reason from every angle you can until you can clearly see that uh, this is the reality of things. It's not a Brian Barnett reality. It's a universal reality, meaning that it's not a matter of opinion or fancy thinking it's just the way it is. No matter what your theology, or belief system, or culture, it is inherently true. Fire is hot, and you are valuable. Furthermore, your feelings, your feelings inherently matter. And this also is a universal truth. We'll discuss that another time. So All these things are part of making the small adjustment to our understanding and perspectives that ultimately replaced the distorted core beliefs with accurate core beliefs and once you have accurate core beliefs where your distorted core beliefs were borderline personality will be a thing of the past uh, it's impossible you see to have a foundation emotional foundation perspective built on reality which can perceive the reality the true nature of life and have Emotional disorder, those two things are impossible. You, you that combination does not exist. We can say it's inherently impossible for those two combinations to exist. If you've got a found an emotional foundation perspective built on reality, perceives the reality of the nature of life, you will be emotionally healthy. That's the way it works. A person who's able to generate their own inner validation or that is to say, can love themselves first, is no longer dependent on external factors for feeling lovable. No, they just realize that they're inherently lovable. And I think I should specify now that that's what this whole conversation has been about. It hasn't been about the need to be loved. Rather, this conversation, the entire conversation, has been about the need to feel lovable. They're not the same thing. And I'd encourage everybody to meditate and ruminate over the differences and and the implications of those differences between a need to feel loved versus a need to feel lovable. Folks, that's the program. I hope you have a great week. Please stay safe out there if you're in uh, hurricane territory. And uh, I think I'm going to start publishing these maybe twice a week. So we'll see if that works. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening. This is Brian Barnett signing off.